3: a lot of bread no sesame me if i'm in your city i'm i can take from i should me
4: god i love music that is girl talk the the best matchup dj I have ever heard in my life as always. What's up? It's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. How are you guys doing today? It is a Wednesday. Good morning. Good morrow. As Shakespeare said uh, Tuesday, I released two episodes for you yesterday. Stephen with his faces by Bravo and we got sharing a tan that focus just on the Britney conservatorship. Both amazing shows today. We got another one coming straight at you. We have one of the kings of Bravo discourse. Uh, but I would also not even... Bravo discourse is limiting him. I would say pop culture discourse. I would say humanity discourse. Dylan Hafer is just an amazing... Is chap... Can I describe people as chap? Is an amazing chap. God, now I sound Shakespearean. No, he was just an amazing guy. I was so nervous to talk to him because his humor... Is so funny that it is intimidating, and he was so great, so lovely, so amazing. I cannot wait for you guys to hear him. Uh, I'm trying to think of the news stories I want to cover before we even get to him. It's not many. Um, can I tell you something, guys? Can I, I'm interviewing somebody. So we're at Tuesday night. Um, I'm interviewing somebody tomorrow from Summer House. Ugh, I don't want to give it away. You're going to hear it on Thursday. So you'll hear it tomorrow. So hopefully it goes good. If it doesn't go good, I don't know if there's a code word where I'm like, uh, this did not go good. But I'm very excited to talk to somebody from Summerhouse. So you guys will hear that. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you subscribe. The So Bad It's Good Nation is growing. We are the baddies. Uh, I offered people clubhouse invitations yesterday. Those have all been taken. But... Um, but yeah, support me on Patreon if you want. Leave a good review if you want. What's the deal? Can we talk? What's the deal with Courtney Kardashian and um, Travis Barker? Are we into it? So there was a picture released today of Travis Barker on his account with his tattooed hand on Courtney Kardashian's hand. What do we think, guys? Can I say this? Can I be cruel? They're both boring to me. Do you guys You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, this is like a gigantic push state. Like I just don't I care? Like I, but at the same time I feel like some of us are trying to care way too much than we should be caring. It's like, come on, guys. It's not it's a it's cool. But come on. It's not that cool. Like you know what I'm saying? It's fine. It's fine. It's fun. But if Kim Kardashian dated Travis Barker, oh boy, we would be in that. Now that would be exciting. In fact, that actually could be something. Just clock your eyes on that. Speaking of Kardashians, I want to send a huge congratulations to Kendall Jenner. She has her. Oh, guys. Now, if you think of Kendall Jenner, what do you guys think? Skinny? Sure. And that has been, by the way, did you guys all see that skinny shot she released a couple days ago that uh, it looked made her look like a Barbie doll, without any kind of bodily functions or organs? You guys realized that was fake, right? I mean, not fake. It was half. You know that has been proven to be false. And Kendall Jenner has released her own line of tequila called Eight One Eight Tequila, I believe. Come on, guys. During a pandemic, do, are we supposed to believe Ken, Kendall traveled all around the world when she's never wanted to do a thing in her life except for walk on a stage? And she was literally out there taste-testing tequila at that age? You only really get a taste for tequila in your 40s. Come on, people. Let's not do this. Come on. We're better than this. Let's not fall for this shit. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, Kendall, te- Kendall has a new... Tequila called 818 Tequila. Kindle, if you do want me to taste test a bottle of that on the, um, on the program, I will. Machine Gun Kelly, y'all. That's another news story. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, they have exchanged a necklaces with drops of their own blood in them. Now, this is a story that should be celebrated. I'm sorry. It really should. And I just want to say we need to study the history to appreciate the future. So the history of this is, and you guys don't know this, Angelina Jolie, before she was Brad Pitt, was married to Billy Bob Thornton. Now, a lot of you people will not even know who Billy Bob Thornton is, and that is insane to me. He did um, uh, some call it a switchblade. I, I He did, oh, God, that's even crazy. I'm trying to remember it now. But you know Billy Bob Thornton, you guys. He did some Call It a Switchblade for Miramax. That what uh, he that was his own film. But then he became a working actor outside of that. Primary Colors with John Travolta. Uh, he has a, a, a show, I believe, on Amazon. He, but anyways. Oh yeah, he was in uh, the Ben Affleck film, the the one with the Aerosmith soundtrack. Armageddon. Yes, that's it. I love when you guys get to hear me remember films. But Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie were ma- were together for a time, and they exchanged blood droplet necklaces. Now, Angelina Jolie, everybody thinks her of her as Brad Pitt's girl, but before she was Brad Pitt's girl, she was a force in pop culture. Honestly, she was everywhere. You had weird stories with her brother. You had weird stories with Billy. They were in the limo under a premiere. They were making sucking face, but they wore droplets of blood on necklaces with each other. And I do have to say, everybody has not caught onto that thing. That is, and Valentine's Day has passed, so we've all already missed it. But I really do suggest us dropping droplets of our blood in necklaces and giving, like, we gotta bring that back. We gotta bring that back, and that's why I love Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. They're kicking it old school. And they're giving each other blood necklaces. Blood necklaces, you guys. Why can't one, we can be as romantic and me, as Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox? Why don't we do pee necklaces? Why don't we do stool necklaces? Anyways, you, you get where I'm going with that. I'm just saying, obviously, Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are way better than all of us. All of us. All of us. All of us. Uh, so that's it, you guys. Uh, I do want to remind everybody, you will be hearing this possibly tomorrow, which is a Wednesday. We have the best night of TV ahead of us. We have the season premiere of Real Housewives of New Jersey, episode one. And me and Dylan, our guests, we talk a little bit about that. Uh, we also have the part d of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion, part two, you guys, Heather Gay is feeling the heat. A lot of people have reached out to her to come on the pod. I need more people to reach out to her. Please hit her up again and again and again and again and again. Let's make sure she's on it because I think, anyways, she's amazing. I love her so much. I want her to be on the pod. So tomorrow, Wednesday, like, is there is there any kind of app, you guys, where we can all watch it together? I don't know if anybody would want that. But if like, what if we all like drank and watch it together and like have fun? Is there an app that does that? I know Clubhouse is its own thing, but that would be cool. So we got a big night ahead of us tomorrow, and then Thursday I have a big interview with somebody from Summerhouse. But today we have the one and only Dylan Hafer. Now Dylan is, uh, he's what you call a genius. Like I say in the intro, there are people that you actually know about from these things uh, that are like kind of the top of the mountain. And to me, he was always top of the mountain. He does a podcast for Betches called Mention It All. He also runs the Bravo by Betches Instagram account as well as his own at Dylan Hafer. But he's also just a genuinely amazing dude. He knows movies like The Back of His Hand. He is just one of the best people that you can talk pop culture with at all. Just a great person. I'm lucky now to be able to call him a friend. Uh, But anyways, you guys are going to love this conversation. It's about all housewives, pop culture, creativity. But ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Dylan Haver.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is, uh, let me, like, so if you are a Bravo fan, you kind of get into the fandom of it, and there is one name that always popped up, whether it be on Twitter, on Instagram, of somebody that had, like, -like, laser-like opinions about all of Bravo that are always right. Like, I really, there are those certain people where you're like, I agree completely with everything this person is saying. And then you look deeper into this person and you're like, oh, that's why he is successful at what we all love and uh, what we all uh, love so much. His podcast is called Mention It All, but he also runs the account for uh, Bravo by Betches. Of course, we all know Betches. I'm a Betches man myself. So without further ado, welcome Dylan
3: Hafer. Dylan, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for that introduction. I I've lots of opinions, so it's nice when people agree with them. Well, no, I mean I feel
1: like every I feel like you get um, probably so many people that agree with you, but knowing the internet, I'm sure just you get a lot of people that disagree with you cuz it's the internet.
3: It's funny. I actually I saw um comments by Bravo posted a story yesterday the other day i don't um and they were like this is what it's like doing a bravo podcast and they posted like screenshots of dms side by side where one was like you guys are so team heather it's disgusting and then the <laughs> next dm was like i really think you're being too generous to lisa like, <laughs> no that's that is it like you know you guys do your podcast three days a week um
1: yes. and uh you and your co-host uh, Bar- uh Bari, right? Very, or very barry right Barry, very sorry about, yeah um and it is like that is that I kind of think I take everything with a like humorous slant, but at the same time, I'm very passionate, but you uh-huh. will have those people that hate you for your opinions or love you for your opinions. And I want to say, well, it's not that deep to me, but I guess I'm actually doing a podcast and living part of my life for these shows. So it really yeah. becomes very personal in the Bravo verse, especially this year.
3: It's funny. I actually was kind of relieved when the Potomac season ended a couple, <laughs> a couple months ago now, Yes, because it was like, First of all, I feel like I've said everything I have to say about all of the situation, but also it's just like, I'm so sick of people being like, how could you possibly agree with Candace? And I'm like, I didn't say I'm like worshiping at Candace's feet. I said that I see both sides. Like people people (laughs) get very into it, but I mean, I can't complain because that's also, you know, why I get to do what I do because people care. (laughs) Yeah, but you—I mean—you're right. There were a couple of moments in Bravo this year,
1: like the Candace Monique fight, mm-hmm. that really almost tore the Bravo fandom apart. Like, and that, and and I think that fight has still played over into even. Um, already, I'm seeing Jersey fights, and Jersey hasn't even come out yet for like two more days. I oh saw. I mean, we survived uh, uh, Real Housewives of Orange County this past season. Like, there is so much palpable anger mixed in with Bravo right now. And I guess that's just like kind of a mirror to society.
3: Did you watch this season of Orange County?
1: Yeah, it was my Vietnam. I totally, I went, I served, <laughs> okay. I served a term.
3: I went, I, I survived. I Ooh, survived. I feel the OC. exact same way. It was, I. it was mercifully short. That's what I will say about This season of OC. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that I had a two-part reunion and Salt Lake had a three-part reunion and they had the same amount of episodes? I was was impressed when I found out Salt Lake got a three-part reunion because that's really unusual. I mean, even New Jersey had a two-part reunion last year and... I mean, based on the part one that we've seen, it kind of feels like they earned it, so...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, because
3: OC, I
1: was... You You keep waiting for those, like, things where Andy goes, a two-part reunion. Like, I was waiting to hear Andy say two or three parts, and when he said two-part, I, I bet I could hear a collective, like, oh, thank God, I can relax into yeah. this. Because three parts, I feel like that would have just driven people insane. Like, Kelly would say something dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Braun would it, want it, it something to bad. happen. Yeah, it was fully enough but salt lake why do we have such joy for that show right now i mean it makes it makes my heart
3: feel full and i know that sounds silly but it really makes me smile i think i i think it's just because it's something new it's something fresh i i wrote about this a couple of weeks ago that it's like it's just different than anything we've ever seen on bravo before I mean, both from a standpoint of this group of women brings, you know, different perspectives. I like that religion is like sort of an aspect. I It's not the central focus of the season, which I think is a good thing, but it is an interesting kind of side conversation. And I think these women are just, they really brought it for their first season. You could tell everyone really came to play. Yeah. And there, I mean, there were moments where I've heard a lot of people complain that it feels like they're trying too hard or they're, you know, doing too much. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, like Housewives isn't new anymore. All of these people, whether you're a huge Bravo fan coming onto the show or not, you know, you know what it's about. And I think it's it's almost inevitable that when you have a first season show like that, it's either going to be really boring and there's no spark there or people are going to be trying because it's like, yeah, like you've seen it for 15 years. Of course, you're going to come in with an idea of like, okay, we're, we're going on the trip and like there, there's going to be drama on the trip, like somebody has to do it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like uh, I remember seeing All the President's Men, that 70s movie with Dustin Hoffman and uh-huh. and uh, uh, Robert Redford. Um, and I remember seeing it after I'd seen all these political thrillers that were inspired by that movie. So when I saw All the President's Men, I was like, well, this isn't that good. I mean, but it was because All the President's Men did it first. I just saw it last. So we're seeing all these housewives that have been inspired by housewives of the past. So you can't they can't help but like pick up on certain behavior. And I think it's part of the fabric of society right now is housewives is part of the fabric, whether you like it or not.
3: Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it. Cause if you go back and you're watching, you know, season one of New York or the first couple seasons of OC, it's like, I, I know people who have started watching them more recently and are like, like the first couple seasons are like kind of hard to get through. And it's like, you have to remember they didn't have this template of like, there's going to be a big like premiere party and then like a a trip and a dinner and a finale party and there's going to be drama everywhere and then a three part reunion like they really were kind of figuring it out as they went and there it has evolved into kind of, you know, there's kind of a standard format now but that didn't exist in 2008 or whatever. No, I mean
1: they had reunions in backyards uh, at, a, at a point. Um <laughs> OK, so I have a that thousand OC season
3: one <laughs> reunion is just
1: but it's magical, <laughs> though. It, ma- it makes you feel like you as a fan, it makes you feel like you came from something, you know, like, look at mm-hmm. us, look how we grew. We grew together, you know, um, so that's why it's like, OG uh viewers. I mean, I think we sometimes do walk around with like a puffed up chest because it's like we we've been there since the beginning. Like we were there since day one. Like I remember watching OC the week it came on because I was just into that kind of programming. And I never left, even though, but you kind of carry that weight around with you too, where you get to this season of OC and you're like, this is miserable. I am miserable. And now I'm watching this out of loyal, out of blind loyalty to a network, you know? And it's like, that's why you watch backyard envy or why you, you know, you're doing this out of (laughs) blind loyalty. Um, I have a thousand questions about Bravo, but I want to know about you as well. You know, you're, yeah. you live in New York right now, right? I do. Yeah. Where do you, where do you come from? What do you, what, is, what has been your kind of history?
3: Um. So I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. So I'm a Midwestern kid. Shout out Tom um, Sandoval. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, he actually, <laughs> Um. so back when, back when going out into the world and doing things, it was an option. Uh <laughs> I I did a thing with Tom and Ariana when their cocktail book came out, like they came to the Betches office in New York and we, you know, did a little video thing. It was fun. And he was like, Oh, like next week, I told him I was from St. Louis. He's like, next week, we're having this, this book party in St. Louis. Like you have to come. And I was like, Tom, I don't live in St. Louis. Like, <laughs> Well, because Tom goes back to St. Louis every month, or he did go back like every month, it seemed like. I'm like, that's, it's very nice of you to say that, but it's like, I'm not going to like book a flight so I can go celebrate the same (laughs) book that I'm already talking to you about. Um, But yeah, home of Tom Sandoval and Megan King, formerly Edmonds. um. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: The detective with the most, yeah.
3: It actually is funny because I remember... Growing up in St. Louis, Jim Edmonds was a huge deal. I've yeah. known who I've known Jim right? Edmonds since I was like five years old, and so now seeing him in a different light, it's like uh, the baseball hero, not a great husband.
1: He seems, though, in a weird way, to kind of like want to participate in the spotlight. Like he he actively like engages in the conversation about himself instead of just ignoring it. It seems like.
3: Yeah, he he seems a little thirsty. I don't know that. I mean, that whole situation. I just I can't. I've I've basically I've disengaged from that situation. I I,
1: I miss the can. I miss the candle store though. Like shout out to yeah. Megan's Candle and Jim Candle. You know. Um. Okay. So you St. Louis. Uh. What was the were you
3: was the goal always to get to New York? Are you an actor um, as well? So I I was I, I grew up doing musical theater um and then I went to school for musical theater I went to school in New Orleans at Tulane and that I studied musical theater that was what I always wanted to do I was going to move to New York audition blah 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 um and then I started actually while I was in college I started writing for batches just freelance it kind of happened randomly um and then I kind of decided before I graduated that that was like more what I wanted to do the like media pop culture whatever route um so yeah, I moved to New York after I graduated and just kind of like kept working at yeah. that. And don't I don't I don't perform anymore, but you know, but you have I a beautiful guys, he has
1: the a theater. beautiful singing voice. He was on uh uh Sarah Galley's That's What Friends Are For. Uh, you can find this on her page. But you guys did a duet of a uh, uh takeoff yeah. of the the Dion Warwick song, and you have a beautiful singing voice. I mean, like, really, like Thank I you. that's um I was kind of impressed, but I was a former theater kid myself in New York was always the goal. Like I was that guy, like first time I went to New York was in high school and my mom took me and I made her take me to see Angels in America. And she had no fucking clue. Like we're from Kansas. (laughs) And so imagine then that, you know, he's talking about like strangers hooking up in a park and my mom like, what is this? You know? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) it was. um, But what's it like? Has it been the hellish landscape in New York that we all read about it this past year? How's your, you know, mental state been?
3: Um, I, you know, it's been fine for me for the most part. I am fortunate that I had a job that really easily transitioned to working from home. So, um, you know, it's definitely been like everyone, it's been a big adjustment, but, um, I feel like my day to day has not, you know, been that stressful, but it, I mean, it definitely is, it's hard, it's hard, like not being able to like go places. Like, I don't like, I don't have a car or anything. So it's like, I just wish I could like. I don't know. Yeah, you like, I I mean the first around, year but... the I just feel like I
1: like I didn't use Like we, I see a lot of my friends, like they, they had, they like got their significant others pregnant and that, you know, that excuses the, (laughs) they're like, we did something during the pandemic and me, I'm like, well, I got through a lot of TV shows. I binged a lot. I drank a lot in my room. I, you know, like there was things that I'm like, I don't have, like, that's what it's so unfair for my friends. to just like, they can have a kid and say they actually did something with this time. Like I didn't do, I I mean, I did a podcast, you know?
3: Yeah. I'm like, I, I like. I grew my brand. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, you're like, <laughs> I had some like boss babe moments. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what you're like. You're like, my my Instagram account really grew. It was yeah, really like, cool. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I will say, like, I, I feel like this year has been nice having time to kind of, um, like, to, to spend more time, like, I've gotten really invested, like, I've always loved movies, and this past year I've gotten really invested in, you know, like, keeping up with movies, and I do, like, movie reviews on my Instagram stories that people really like, um, and it's it's been nice kind of having time to invest in something that is, like, a hobby, I guess, but um, in that way, it's like I almost have anxiety about going back to normal, because it's like, I'm not going to have my whole weekend to just, like... yeah like watch stuff but i don't know yeah it's, it's, well, I, I, it's like I wanted to bring that up your your instagram account is is amazing
1: you guys go follow him if you i'm going to put all the information in the notes you probably already follow him but you do actually do it's not just bravo you do movie reviews like you did you were talking about minari uh this week which i have i haven't yeah. seen yet uh but you you watch everything and you kind of give these five bullet point reviews that i think are really like just prescient, sharp, like kind of breaks down the movie. And uh you can tell you're a real, you know, fan of cinema. Um, what has been some of your favorites this past year?
3: Yeah, so I started doing I I've always, you know, really liked movies. I've been into award season and stuff. And kind of last summer I felt like, I mean, I, I had posted about movies and stuff on my social media before, but I felt like I heard so many people being like, oh, like there's nothing coming out. Like there's no new movies or anything. Cause like theaters are closed, whatever. It's only Trolls and- 2, according to Bravo. <laughs> so many Trolls, <laughs> Trolls 2 previews. Trolls World, World Tour was the, the biggest <laughs> hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I kind of um capitalized on that and I was like, actually there's kind of a lot going on you know like there's more stuff than ever on streaming services there's a lot of video on demand so i've i've really you know kind of gotten deep into that and i feel i try to watch as much as possible um i would say judas and the black messiah just came out on HBO HBO Max, max yeah that is fantastic uh highly recommend um if you haven't seen like ma rainey's black bottom on netflix also highly recommend. It is nice this year more than ever. A lot of the big kind of award contender movies are available, whether they're on, you know, a Netflix or an HBO or like, you know, you can pay $6.99 to rent it. So it, I think that's one kind of benefit of the theater situation is that more than ever you can watch stuff from your house but also like I miss going to the movies
1: I know in fact like I want Bravo when movies come back like I hope Bravo like does a thing where like I I think feel like we really need to champion theaters when they come back and Mm -hmm. concerts as well when it's safe but like I I even want Bravo like wouldn't you like pay good money to see like a first season like reunion three together at a movie theater like I want I want people to get creative
3: there was so bravo did last it was last February cuz the photos like just recently were on my like one year ago thing. Oh. They did for the Below Deck sailing season like series yeah, yeah. premiere. They did a party at it was at the Ainsworth the bar in New York and it was like the episode it was like regular Below Deck and then sailing was on after and they had like Kate Chastain was there um so, somebody from the sailing cast was there. And it was so fucking fun. Yeah, it could be like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, it could be... um, Sarah Galley was there. We were, like, hanging out together. And, uh, you know, so there was kind of, like, a VIP area where, like, a lot of the Bravo people were hanging out. But everybody else, I think it was, like, on Eventbrite, the tickets were either free or, like, very inexpensive. And people turned the fuck up on a Monday night for below. Yes. I mean, see,
1: I think watching these things by yourself is amazing, but watching them in a group is very powerful. And I've noticed, like, I don't know if you feel like this with all media and especially movies where the viewing experience has been kind of, you know, a little different just because of the past year you you know you have this extra weight of a pandemic so sometimes these shows don't hit as hard as they should because we're not going out into society and then it's not like coming back and like whoo i'm away from the world and i can just sit here with my bravo uh shows
3: because we were now just with ourselves all day long and nothing else I will say it is weird sometimes. I, I try to watch episodes live as much as possible, but like I don't force myself to watch live every episode. But sometimes it's like, okay, I'll I finish my work day and then I'm like, damn, I gotta I gotta keep myself busy till nine PM or for Salt Lake 10. I'm like I I, I love the Salt Lake 6? Discord.
1: I, I love the Salt Lake discourse oh. of how many people say that they cannot stay up and that it's very frustrating for them. I, I it's a very popular yeah. thing you people are I saying. I
3: understand I understand the strategy behind it, but at the same time, it's like really it's no better, <laughs> it's no better option. But that I, being <laughs> said, th- this week we have Jersey premiering at nine and then Salt Lake at 10. And it's like that is a double header I will stay up for.
1: That is a doubleheader, but it is funny. Like I was thinking that like once OC got off, they would bump up Salt Lake, I know. but I guess they, re- you know, but at the same time, Salt Lake is going to be safe no matter what. And I think it's like the first show that actually gave me, re- I know that sounds sad, but like hope and a glimmer of hope that franchises are good. Like we're good. I We could,
3: we could get right. Miami back. We could get all of the, it's it's healthy, you know? Well, and I mean, Andy pretty, a few weeks after it premiered on uh, Watch What Happens Live or on maybe on his radio show or something was like, I know like I know people are talking about the ratings. Like, don't worry about the ratings. Like it We're very internally, happy. it is a hit. We're very happy. And they already announced that it's been renewed for a second season. So I do think that I mean, for people like us who are trying to like be on top of it, it's annoying that it's on at 10, but live ratings are not like what makes or breaks a TV yeah, show. It's like plus three, plus so, seven, how you right, build an like, audience. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they have commercials for the Bravo app. That's how they want people to watch it. So, well, and they gave, I mean, they gave Potomac five seasons. I believe
1: Potomac finally came into its own in terms of even ratings this season, if yeah. you compare it to seasons past, because so many people said to watch it. And I think finally nobody had an excuse anymore. It was like, yes. And then it turned out to be a really amazing season. Um, yeah. even with the Candace and Monique fights. Uh, so it, it, I don't know, but w- w- another thing, and I don't think you could probably, um, crystallize this in a way, but like, <laughs> how does your mind work in the sense of like, you always have to be creating because it's not just for your personal, uh, benefit yeah. anymore. You actually work for it. You actually have to, you know, if you go the, the, the Betches Bravo account, I mean, you're constantly creating, you know, memes, jokes, like things that are just really funny. Is there, how does that work for you? How does creativity work
3: in that sense? It, you know, there definitely are times when it is stressful or like, I feel like I'm not in the right mindset to watch and be creative and like, cause it's hard. So when we first launched our Bravo account, Bravo by Betches was November, 2019. It was the week before BravoCon. That's how I remember. Um, and so we were just doing the Instagram account. We hadn't launched the podcast. And so when I was watching these episodes, it was like, okay, like, I just have to like make memes. But then once we started doing the podcast, it was like, okay, then I also need to take notes. Because if I spend, the, if I spend 45 minutes just focused on like taking a screenshot, and then I don't remember what happened in the episode, then I have to watch it again. <laughs> um, so it definitely is a balancing act. I. I feel like I have gotten into a good space where I don't stress myself out about like, okay, I need to post 12 funny things during the course of this episode. It's like, I'll tweet something here. I'll post a gif there. But like, it's more about, it's more about finding those moments and kind of, I guess like quality over quantity, but it is, it is a tool that you have to kind of sharpen. And now it's like, Oh yeah, like I'm watching Dallas. Like, I'll just like, if anything sticks out, I'll throw it up there. But um Well, do you find the best things come for you like in a (laughs) –
1: and I know this sounds crazy because I always laugh when I think about like, if heaven exists and then it's like Michelangelo, yeah. like John Lennon, and then like a Bravo <laughs> meme account, you know, and you're talking about creativity, but it kind of works the same way. It's like, do you find sometimes, sometimes the silliest things to me that'll just pop in my head turn out to be the things that usually kind of hit the hardest with people. Just, just a random thought that just appears out of nowhere. Do you find yeah. those? Or do you find where like, well, no,
3: I usually take it down a rabbit hole, go A to C on it and stuff like that. It depends. I feel like there are some because sometimes it's like I'll take a screenshot and it's like a really funny screenshot. And I'm like, ah, oh, like, how do I how do I meme this? What's the joke? Like, you know, like there has to be an angle, whereas then I'll post the picture of Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. And like, all you have to do is post the picture. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Are like <laughs> share, 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 share. Yes, yeah. Um, You're like, like, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's so, so easy. It is. Or like that there was a confessional a few weeks ago on Dallas where Deandra was talking about Brandy going to Florida. And she was like, she's like, you need a hazmat suit, even when it's not a pandemic. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Like I, even if you don't watch real Housewives of Dallas, it's like, that's something where it's like, you see that, that screen, like set of screenshots and you're like, I don't, even if I don't know what show that's from, it's funny. And so it is, it is kind of an interesting, I guess, like it really, ba- is d- depends on the context because sometimes it's just the content speaks for itself and sometimes it's like okay like I know there's something here but I have to figure it out
1: but I have to si- I have to let it percolate for yeah. a second. Uh, I hope I never get busted for any kind of crimes by a cop because I just imagine them looking through my phone like my camera roll <laughs> and just be like oh this guy's obviously a serial killer. There's just
3: literally Bravo things in here. Oh my camera roll is a disaster. It is uh, like. I'll I'll be like scrolling looking for something very specific like from my personal life and it's just like okay there's like 50 screenshots of Meredith Marks like <laughs> like uh, I did a deep dive on like these YSL <laughs> shoes that all the houses are it's like my camera roll is nonsense it's I need I need to like find a way to separate things but it's there's just never it, there's never time. Or just like, the, I wish there was like audio of me trying
1: to get a picture of a Bravo show and like pause it, rewind it, pause it, rewind oh, it. Yeah. And I'm not getting the same, like I'm not getting the shot I want. And then it doesn't come out like crisp enough or like, it's just, this uh-huh. these. it's it's hysterical that you try to explain it to somebody and you realize you come off insane because you really care about getting the right shot and the right, or putting the um, closed captioning on so you can get the the closed captioning yeah. right there. And it's just, it's insane. Um. Who's the hottest guy on Summer House, in your opinion? Oh, Carl. Definitely Carl. And if Luke didn't have that mess on his face, would it have been Luke?
3: No, I I, I understand the Luke fandom, but it's not for me. I I think <laughs> I think Carl is much more handsome. Um, I like his sense of humor. I think he's less of a fuckboy in his current iteration than Luke. Um,
1: what does mo- mostly sober mean, though?
3: You know, I'm not sure. I We actually, we had him on our podcast with Lindsay the week of the premiere, and he was talking about that. And to me, it seems like he is feeling a lot better, is taking better care of himself, um, is, you know, not getting himself into trouble, and... That's enough. And he seems to be recognizing his own behavior. Like you had the first episode, him saying, Hey, I was
1: blacking out. I was dealing with my parents' divorce, some really bad things in my mind. And, you know, even into the second episode, he was talking about that with his mom, who I love the the mom storyline of her getting married. That actually made me feel really good.
3: That was really great. But to be honest, I would much rather have Carl giving a vague, you know, sentence about being mostly sober than like another Bronwyn storyline. So... Um, I mean, you know. kind. Of, I mean, like,
1: I, like Bronwyn. I just don't. I don't. I'm, like, she had it all. If she, I keep saying this, but if she had left after the first episode when she said, "I'm Bronwyn and I'm an alcoholic," if she mm-hmm. had left that season at that, she would have been a hero. Instead, she spent an entire season ruining that first episode where everybody yeah. was on her side.
3: You know. I said Bronwyn should give a master class in fumbling an easy bag because she like <laughs> she yes had, it, the bar was on the floor to be like the hero <laughs> of the OC season. And she just like couldn't get it across the finish line.
1: I mean, when you're starting to agree with Kelly Dodd, I think we can all agree that there's like an issue. And by the way, I think Kelly's a fun, a great housewife. I'm talking about the stupid shit she does elsewhere. Yeah. But by the end of the season, that's how weird the season was, was that you're like,
3: am I like, I guess, Kelly, I think I think I agree with Kelly. I, I think I yeah, do. It, like, it, it made me it was making me feel crazy because I'm like. I don't I don't want to dislike Bronwyn right now like I know objectively she's probably like the best one or one of the best ones but it's like I just can't do it it's yeah, because it's like she lines up with all of my political
1: beliefs all Mm -hmm. of my this but then you start to and this year among anything is all been about like conspiracy theories. so of course that spills over into the Bravo universe because then you're like well what if she's just saying those political beliefs because she knows it sounds good to people like me like you start thinking like really bizarre thoughts and I'm like I just need one thing to not be a conspiracy i just need something to just be
3: what it is you know yeah and i'm, I'm sorry but miss thing calls the paparazzi on herself let's be yes i mean well by clear. the way did you okay so this is sunday this is valentine's day the
1: day of love did you know that erica jane got sent a beautiful bouquet of roses
3: <laughs> i i first saw these photos on your instagram actually and i swiping through that carousel of pictures was just I mean, those are oh, full on God. pose stage. Like, I mean, those are lit. She's well, I mean,
1: and just in comparison, you guys, we've talked about this on the show, the KFC uh, plan photo shoot where she's in no makeup to this is just, it's a really study in in differences that are just amazing to look at, but she was posing. Like I've, I've taken headshots that weren't as posed as this, you know?
3: Yeah, perfectly posed. Like definitely some some retouching editing had gone into these photos which is you know a textbook sign of when (laughs) it's not like the the free press of paparazzi photos (laughs) um yeah and it's just like you know she's in her like glam at home look with these ridiculous looking yellow extensions like I just don't get what Erica is really trying well, to do see, right that, now. That's what I wanted to ask you is that they, there has to be in her head or whoever's
1: advising her. I don't know if it's Mikey or what, but like there has to be some end result that they're going for. Like, what do they? I mean, if you're like, it's like the Da Vinci Code with, with Erica Jane. Like, I'm like, what
3: do they think they're accomplishing with all of this? I, you know, I, I I truly don't know. I'm at the point with Erica where I kind of wish she would just go away And then, like, resurface when they announce the season, you know. Like, I don't, I don't get kind of what is, you know, the benefit of her posting all of these, like, you know, vague captions and like. And then her like, like you hate you hater you. Hey, this isn't for the haters.
1: Don't comment below. And it's like I know you're trying to work on your engagement, and you think you're being smarter than all of us, but I don't think she realizes how happy audiences are this day where it's like I believe it's like she's ruining her image even more by doing this stuff
3: yeah like I'm I'm sure she has some amount of fans who are looking at her Instagram and being like oh my god queen like (laughs) that's amazing like I believe that those people exist but that's I don't think that's the uh the general sentiment among the Bravo community on social media (laughs) I mean, if anybody like Tom Girardi needs an Instagram account where he's posing and all that
1: stuff, like (laughs) Tom Girardi sent flowers, like it is crazy because eventually we are going to have to deal with whatever this case actually turns out to be with Girardi Crease and Erica will be brought into this. And I always get worried. And I think Mary Cosby had a little bit of this too, where you brag about all of your wealth on these shows and like Teresa Giudice, same way. It's like, these things can be shown in court. Like I know celebrity is powerful, but is it worth it in the end?
3: Right, and I mean, especially obviously, for all of these people, their lifestyles are at least somewhat on display. But Erica the kind of person where, specifically, they've singled out how lavish her lifestyle is. She's thrown out numbers forty thousand know, a or, month to get the Erica he, Jane character going. You know, exactly. Like it's it's not uh it's not a a guesstimate of if she's spent a lot of money or not. She has very openly <laughs> talked about it, and. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I am, um, I'll say, I guess, very, uh, what's the word? I am tentatively excited for the season of Beverly Hills. Um, I, I know not to get my hopes too high. And I really don't expect much in terms of Erica being super, you know, open book about whatever is going on with her. But I, I'm i excited just because I, I do enjoy the Beverly Hills cast and I hope that they can kind of Get it together this season, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you? Are you like where I don't follow sports at all? But I know,
1: you know, I talk about it now in the (laughs) sense of I know they have an off season and all that. Where do you change allegiances season to season? Of like, Dorit had a great season. I think I'm really going in with a Dorit fandom, but I'm really cooling on Lisa. I really do not like her for this season. Do you do
3: that? I I feel like because I am watching from a perspective of like you know. Creating content and like needing to talk about it, like I try not to, I try not to fall too strongly on any one like team. Like it doesn't really, for my purposes, it's not helpful to be like I'm a Dorit stan and Lisa Rinna is trash. <laughs> but I, I mean, I obviously like I have opinions and I, I enjoy. I will say I really enjoyed Dorit last season. Um, I am not super enjoying Lisa Rinna. I think she feels a little stale on the show, but. I do think with Beverly Hills, it's and with all of these shows, it's the kind of thing where it can change a lot from season to season. And even having, you know, one different cast member or two different cast members can change the dynamic a lot. So, I don't know. I th- I think Kyle kind of needs to start bringing in a little more. I would love to see Lisa kind of show us something new. But um, there's nobody in the Beverly Hills cast that I am really, um, have a strong dislike for. Now that Teddy's gone, I guess. <laughs> What is your opinion of Brandy Glanville? Oh, Brandy. Um, she... and it, but see, there's another person that
1: like I've had my highs with Brandy, where I've been in love yes. with her, and then I've had lows that don't sometimes. And it's the same with Kelly Dodd that have anything to do with the show, but just the shit she spews out on social media. You know,
3: Brandy. Exactly. I think she's the kind of person where she has been excellent on Housewives in the past. I really think her her moment has kind of passed. That's how I feel about a lot of former housewives and there's conversation about them coming back. And I'm like, just because they, just because they have brought us good things doesn't mean that they are the right thing for now. That's how we felt about Nene Leakes leaving. Honestly, I felt that her time kind of passed not getting into all the details of that because who, who knows, but with Brandy, I just think she just has such the toxic energy around her. We had, um, we had her on my podcast last last year, like right when the season started, when there was all the Denise stuff kind of like, Oh yeah. Out, rolling, out in the ether, the rumors. Yeah, around, yeah, yeah. But it hadn't been on the show yet. And she, I mean, she was great to talk to. We had a nice conversation. Um, you know, she was messy, but not in like a distasteful way, but I just think Brandy, I don't think housewives needs her. And I don't think, I I think she probably wants Housewives, but I don't think it's what she needs either. Well,
1: it's kind of like, I mean, it is a little bit like very Lisa Kudrowian, the comeback where a lot of these ladies leave the show and they think, that they're part of the DNA of the show and that they're waiting for the next thing, but there can't really be a next thing because it's reality TV. It's it's kind of like where I'm like, what will happen with Jax Taylor? Like, it's not like you, yeah. you aren't the cast of friends because the cast of friends knew how to actually act. You are a reality star. And it's not like you then like, Oh, you know, find another good reality show to be on. Like, unless Jax wanted to be on love after lockup or something, you know? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I people I feel like whenever somebody who is kind of a big presence leaves a Bravo show, people are always like, "Oh, like where are they going to go next?" And it's like <laughs> probably nowhere. Like yeah, I mean, to their I house, mean, yeah. I watched I watched a couple episodes of Phaedra on what, oh, marriage the, boot camp couples therapy mar- yeah 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 marriage yeah, boot yeah, camp. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like i mean that show is dreadful and it
1: was we like- tv i said i've talked about the we tv is such a bizarre somebody needs to study we tv <laughs> or i need to talk to their programmers because they're like i literally was like they have a show about waka Flocka flame the rapper and they're like waka's life or like black china they, did like- you
3: did you watch any of Phaedra's time on marriage boot camp yeah mm-hmm, uh, yes it was clear that she had no deep connection to this man that she was on marriage boot camp with, and so it's like, I I don't know if you need the check or if you want the attention, but this is just not it. <laughs> but 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 see, I feel like part of Wee's Wee TV
1: statement is we're gonna make you feel sad in ways you didn't know you could feel sad because you end up feeling uh-huh. sad for the people that are on the show. Like I'm like Phaedra, why you don't you really want it this bad? where well, you'll be on this show in not even
3: a realistic way at all? Yeah, so I I feel like Brandy is kind of in that place where it would not she's not a real housewife of Beverly Hills anymore. Like no, it's not it's it's not meant to be. I feel that way about her. I feel that way about Nini. I I just like
1: Nobody is bigger they're... than the show. Nobody is, I mean, maybe right. Bethany. Bethany is the only person that I believe is bigger than their show. But other than that, I mean, I find like, you know, Brandy could
3: never fucking de- decorate a room at Buca de Beppo. Are you kidding me? She's done. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said Brandy should join the cast of OC, which might actually make more sense, but I still don't think would happen. Bravo is not as big on bringing people back or giving people new shows as we kind of, imagine them to be sometimes i think. no yeah
1: we we always make it like the marvel cinematic universe where they're like it should coexist and
3: you should trade people to different franchises like, and bravo go to doesn't... beverly hills and kelly Dodd is gonna go to new york and it's like they've never done that you've heard <laughs> but you've heard that idea like so because yeah. 90
1: day fiance did it where now there's like a 90 day universe and right. it's re- it's like insane that it
3: exists they're trying they're like, to make Lala it like bachelor nation housewife and then like whoever's gonna go to this show and it's like I it's fun to talk about but when people are like oh my god like this person would be perfect on this show it's like in your head I guess but like that's not actually (laughs) like I don't think Bravo casting is like sitting down and being like which who should we send to a new franchise Dylan I'm ridiculous I was like in my head I was like
1: I want (laughs) to pitch I want to pitch Vanderpump Rules fan fiction where I get the actual cast to reenact scenes that I want to see like you know like you're like well, if they're not going to do it, I'll write it, and then they just
3: act it because it's turning out that way, anyways. When it like these shows start to get very acted, acted to me, you know. Yeah. Speaking of Vanderpump Rules, I just I don't know what NBC Universal thinks is going on with Lisa Vanderpump. But... They think she's like they. I think that she's she's the number one person of all time. She has like three shows now, all of a sudden. Well, so this this overserved with Lisa show just like, it. I, I mean, I watched the trailer a couple times and just, like. My soul just like (laughs) flatlined in that moment because it's like, okay, first of all, I don't, I, I, I never hated Lisa when she was on Housewives, but I was never like team LVP. It's a very, it's a whole thing to be team LVP. That was never me, but I just like, I don't care about her. I don't care about any of these guests that she's having on this show I don't well because like, and it's it's always the same kind of people that are the guests on these shows. Right. It's like it's like the people that used to be like
1: guest stars on like The Love Boat or something. Like they'd be like a just a random person that's like looking desperately for a job, and they're like like it's like said like Joel McHale is gonna be dining with Lisa. Right. Like at what point in anybody's universe were you like? you know who I'd love to see Joel talk with? Lisa Vanderpump.
3: You know? Right, like, like, oh, surprise, surprise. Mario Lopez was free. Like <laughs> It's always I, the same people. I feel like with a show like that, you either need, if you, the two routes that could potentially work are either getting like huge people that are really exciting, which they didn't get, or... Playing into, leaning into her already. Like, it would be fun to see different housewives and bravo celebrities come to her house, but I don't think Lisa would ever, she would see that as like a, you know, sinking yeah. to their level. See, you, but you're right. I would love to see it as a companion piece to watch what
1: happens live. Like, you know, yeah. then do it a, like a, a 30 minute thing instead of Bravo chat room or something right after that with Lisa. But you're right. She would consider it. See, I think she thinks she's bigger than the show, but she still needs TV because she's got overserved and she's got Vanderpump dogs, right? That's coming Vanderpump out. dogs coming to Peacock, which is just like, oh. And then I we mean, don't, but we could, still don't know the fate of Vanderpump. We don't it know the state great, of, but... we don't know the state of Vanderpump rules though,
3: still as well, you know? Vanderpump rules, I feel like, it's crazy because now it's been almost a year i mean it's been a year since it premiered it's it's, yeah it premiered last january so it's in may i guess it'll be a year since it concluded and it's bizarre because there's just i mean obviously with covid restaurant stuff there's been sort of a air quotes reason for the delay but it's it just seems like nobody at bravo is like super excited to try and get it back up and running sooner than, well, I think they're
1: like, like, I think they wake up every morning and they're like, did, did, uh, did black lives matter cool down yet? Like, are we good? Like, I mean, they, I feel like they're like gauging some kind of weird temperature. That's never going to not be there. And like, but even, did you even follow the stuff like where Lisa kind of backtracked on her comments about Stasi, even where she was oh, like, God. she, you know, cause she was like, well, I wish, you know, we would have seen her work it out on the show. And I'm like, well, when she got fired, you said that was the only thing
3: they could have done. Like, it's interesting to see Lisa's right. like, like, it's like opinion, change opinion change over time. It's like, okay. But then, but the whole thing was like, by firing her, then you're like not supporting her with a paycheck anymore. So, you, yeah, it's the kind of thing where I don't know if, you know, like it's not for me to say what the perfect response is to a situation like that. But it's like, if you're going to make the decision, at least stand by the decision.
1: That's like standing by.
3: You know, it would be one thing to say two seasons from now, okay, like we're going to address this and bring her back. But when the cameras haven't even started rolling for the next season yet, it's like, it, just say nothing. Like, don't. <laughs> Well, it I mean, just like, like just
1: just like Jax, the show is a work in progress at all times. And
3: I uh, uh, whatever whatever iteration it does come back in, I'm very excited that Jax will not be on the show. Did you ever have to interview Jax? No, I I met him at BravoCon um, very briefly, took a photo with him. I don't think he knew who I was, which is probably a good thing. What he, um, he was like, hey, for what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm now I'm now blocked by Jax on both my work account and my personal Instagram account. Um that's the so way to go. To, that's the yeah. To, when I want to see the cringe content, I have to go in through like a third burner account. Um, and by the way, I will say it is still worth it to have a third party go in because sometimes he says something so stupid
1: and so misspelled that it really hits that Donald Trump button for me where oh, I'm like, he's oh, gone, yeah. but Jax is still here. And now he's complaining about living in Los Angeles. And it's like, dude, nobody's asking you to stay. Like literally, I mean, we could do a GoFundMe to mm-hmm. get you out of here quicker, but, and that and like the lying about like the opportunities he has, like I, we all, we all study pop culture enough to get what he's doing, you know?
3: Yeah, I have to, I have to keep the burner account so I can keep tabs on Jax and Kelly Dodd Um, (laughs) and I guess Mary Cosby for that matter. I'm blocked by her. I don't know why. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, well, I Mary and Mary, you can't tag in any posts either. She's made herself right. untaggable, which is a smart thing. Do you, I mean, I keep thinking like, cause you did post the Mary Cosby, Jesus, it, Mary Cosby's mom and Jesus, Anne Marie Cosby is that it, one of the, my, that is such an amazing moment that you only get from a Bravo housewife show of just a quick cutaway to that painting. Uh-huh. But do you think God and Jesus, like if, if they exist in heaven, they're like, we are having a huge year on housewives. Like, do you think Jesus is like, Oh my God, that
3: painting's amazing. They're like, you know, Mormon 2.0, Mormon whatever, like we don't care. We love we love it all. What if God walks around going,
1: hashtag blessed on that one? Huh? <laughs>
3: Perfection is... <laughs> they just do slay um, okay I, so- I, do, I do like in the, in the reunion when Lisa said, you know, God will never care about that I have a tequila company because I ask him every day. <laughs> Dude, Lisa... I mean, the first episode of the three-part Salt Lake reunion, they went heavy on
1: Lisa. It was a very Lisa-centric episode. But Lisa has a great housewife quality in that she does not back down. She thinks she's amazing. And that's mm-hmm. a really cool quality for a housewife to have. But do you ever see... Like, I was, like, already thinking down the line. I'm, like, third season, does she get humbled? Like, you know, like, when does she start to realize – like, Heather said a thing of, like, Heather or Lisa, you're in a room with five ladies saying that you have an issue.
3: You're not listening. But that's a great thing about Housewives is they don't listen. Like, Lisa Barlow is the number one investor in her own own bullshit. And I hope it never changes. Yes, it makes her great. (laughs) I will say I really enjoyed the moment in the reunion – um when andy asked a question about her like declining her kids phone calls and she got a little emotional and was saying you know my kids are the best thing that's ever happened to me like i i, I care so much about being a great mom i i as much as i love lisa's like delusional like hardness and i i think it's a very entertaining persona I think it will benefit her to tap into that emotional side a little bit more. And when she's saying, you know, like people think I am, people think I'm cold, but I'm, I'm actually very friendly. And it's like, okay, well like maybe show us that, like, 10% of the time like and by the way everybody I've talked to that actually I've talked to a bunch of people that have actually weirdly met Lisa
1: and they've had nothing but nice things to say and this is even before the show Uh, I've heard some really weird things about not weird things but Meredith is very cold which she can come off like on the show Uh but like Lisa yeah I genuinely think Lisa is a probably a very caring person and loves her sons very much I did think it was funny that in talking about her sons, she was like and I know how much they love me and are proud to have such an amazing mom like she brought it back, she brought her
3: kids back to her. Yeah. You know, she's uh, like I, I. Right, she is the kind of person where I feel like she, you know, she's never going to apologize or admit that she needs to, you know, spend less time on her work or on her businesses or whatever. But I think if she could show a little more well-rounded. You know, yeah. It's only
1: it's self, only it's it only going to behoove her. her, yeah. And I think, but see, th- like that, I was like, uh I don't think that's going to happen. Second season, third season, I think we're going to see that. Maybe you know, it's like you're already planning
3: out like her character arc. You know, like I'm like, yeah. It's it's hard at the reunion. Obviously, we still have two parts, so you know, I don't think we're going to get any big emotional revelation from Lisa. But um, no, I'm talking third season of the show, not third <laughs> part of the reunion. Correctly. Yeah, yeah. It feels like she has this really big resentment of heather and a little bit whitney too and i think a lot of it is based on the fact that she that they are by far the most beloved from the audience and i think yes with jen, with jen as well but we've seen it more with lisa in part 1 it feels like they're very bothered by the fact that people don't
1: Dylan. Oh my God. That's exactly what I was going to bring. Like, I think it's really fascinating. This is one of the only times we'll be able to see this. You guys is that you have a first season housewife show and you can genuinely see on screen that the, the ladies thought that Jen was going to be the HBIC because she was so loud or they thought Jen was going to be a fan favorite and that Meredith and Lisa were going to be fan favorites. They thought Heather and Whitney, they treated like them like shit. And so I love the fact that they had to watch. And I think that's what you're seeing in the reunion is them having realized that the fan favorites turned out to be Heather and Whitney. And I think that really comes through on screen. And especially with some of those cutaway shots of Lisa with the Rihanna comment, Rihanna uh, DMing Heather, and they oh, did yeah, a cutaway like shot thieving. to Lisa. Oh, it, it, I mean, you saw the orange tan almost fall off her body. She was so mad. Lisa's
3: like, Lisa's like but I'm the boss bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I wonder how many DMs Lisa sent Rihanna since then. Hey, Rihanna, it's me, Lisa. <laughs> It's your galisa. Let me know if you want some vira tequila. I know you um, like a party. <laughs> I, yeah, it's almost like some, t- with Housewives, it's, I feel like it's unpredictable who the audience kind of gets behind because it's not always the nicest one or the, you know, kind of the, the one who has the most vulnerability. That's not always who the audience kind not of at all. sides with. And so... I definitely, I understand for, you know, Jen clearly thought she, I mean, she said she's the queen bee and MVP. And I think even in the lead up on social media, everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, there's like these blonde girls, whatever, like Mary seems crazy. And then like Jen is like, oh my God, like, have you seen Jen Shaw Like, just look at her in the Joe Biden yard sign dress. Like, I mean, it's meant to be a housewife, but on the show, it, it was almost like week by week. More and more, it was like, okay, like Jen is way too much. Meredith is has this weird energy. Lisa is like kind of obnoxious, but like Whitney and Heather, just you know, it was like they rose up and up and up every episode. As people were like, they're perfect, and we want the world for them. And you know, Heather's like trying to hold Jen accountable, and all of this. And it is interesting the way that that happened. And obviously, not every single person watching it felt that way, but the general tide was so strong with them and clearly yeah Meredith and or Lisa and Jen did not see that coming and I have to well, yeah I mean I, I sympathize with that like I I'm sure it was difficult for them to realize as the season went on that they were like the anti fan favorites <laughs> life is difficult though I mean like Heather yeah. but that, when I watched Heather on that first episode at at the, at the
1: Meredith's party which we then find out it was Lisa's birthday as well uh in the reunion I, did you I know thought it's it, my birthday yeah. <laughs> She had the little was, cake, oh. happy birthday. And But I love that um, in that first episode, I thought Heather was going to be annoying all season. I thought like, oh my God, she is so insecure. She's obsessed with Lisa because you know that we had the good time girl thing. And so even me as an audience, yeah. that first episode, I thought I pegged Heather. I thought I had pegged her. I was like, oh, that's going to be, this is going to be a sad season for her because it's going to get worse. And then it turned out to be, right. I fell in love with her more
3: and more each episode, you know? yeah and sometimes when somebody has that kind of like they seem like they're a little bit underdog or like they are a little you know like thirsty for someone's attention you think that they kind of can't hang with the group on housewives and we've seen that with we've seen that with other people before where it's like okay like it took tinsley like a couple of seasons to kind of be able to really get in there and make her mark whereas with heather it was like okay no 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 like she is, I feel like she went about it in the right way and didn't let herself be the victim even when it was kind of like, why are
1: No, you like there were day? moments where I was like inspired, but like, I, there, it's very rare in a housewife show where I'm like, I think I'm going to like take that advice personally on how to live my life. You know, like where yeah. I was like inspired by how she lives her life. And it's very
3: rare for any of us to feel that about a housewife show, I feel. Also, I thought it was interesting seeing- as the season went on, so when the season started, I was kind of like, okay, she's divorced, like, whatever. She's a single mom, has these kids. And it seemed like it was more in the past. And then kind of as the season went on, her getting a little more into that she was still dealing with that and, you know, kind of being on her own and the relationship with her ex and her relationship in the church. And I thought it was cool how she kind of led us into that, but we didn't have to watch the, like, actual relationship fall apart, which <laughs> yeah, we got the we got the
1: benefits Maybe without having to. No well, I mean, and also her poor and not her poor ex-husband, because obviously he but Billy, like he like I've he looks like he's seen a ghost. Like he's looks like he's like lost so much. I mean I'm like, what the I mean Heather must have been yeah. this guy's life force because he looks like he's on his last legs all the time when we see him.
3: Yeah, I don't I mean like, I don't even know do how we, that like, worked ha- initially he at healthy? all. Like, do we know? Well,
1: <laughs> he looks like they showed the picture of them as a couple and they both look like fresh face. And he looks like <laughs> 50 pounds heavier, but not even heavy. Just like, just like kind of like healthy and happy. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Filled out heavy. <laughs> and then when we see him in the show, he's like, just, it, it's like a life force has been taken away from him. And I hate to, I it just, and I'm just like, oh my God, I just hope he doesn't deteriorate more in the second season. And by God, I hope he's not sick. I think we would have heard that, but. I, and also the fact that, like, Scary Movie 3 played a part in their marriage falling apart. Remember that that line of, like, they made a joke about glory holes and Billy was so offended that he withheld sex right. from Heather? I was like, oh, my God, this is the most Scary
3: Movie 3 has been talked about in years, you know? I, you know, I just want, I would love to see, obviously, Heather is an independent lady who doesn't need a man, but I would love to see her. Uh, get a little a little deeper into the dating game in season two. It seems
1: like she has no problem with her game though. Like I, I thought, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so shy when she like tries to pick up a dude. And then she's at that Sundance party and she literally like takes a guy out in the van almost. She's oh, like, yeah.
3: let's go. And I was like, dang, she seems like she knows her way around everything, you know? Yeah, I feel like with her, you can kind of sense that she's really like feeling herself a little more and like getting into it. And I, I think her reception on the show will only help that, that she- it's kind of, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like I am, I'm right. <laughs> like I, I got it.
1: Okay. So I know I don't have you all day and I want, I have two, two more things to ask you about if that's okay. Are you good? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. So, uh, opinions on New York. I know you live in New York, Real Housewives of New York. I know you live there. What did you think of this past season? Are you looking forward to this next season? How in love with Ramona are you?
3: How in love with Ramona am I? <laughs> well, I mean, we're recording on Valentine's day, so I gotta, <laughs> gotta give her a little up. Ramona, I feel like I definitely love to hate Ramona. I can't really, as much as, like, so when last season ended, I feel like sort of for the first time, or maybe just for the first time in a while, there was kind of this tide of people being like, Ramona should be fired. Like, it's time. It's time to let her go. And I'm like, I still can't imagine this show without Ramona. I'm sorry. I, like... I love her
1: warts and all. In fact, like it makes me like she's one of the only ones like because like Kelly sometimes really rubs me the wrong way, Dodd, but like Ramona, like it even it even makes me laugh when she got in that little thing where she was acting like she was in New York City and she was at Mar-a-Lago because she was posting an Instagram post from her apartment in Manhattan and she thought she was being all oh smart about it and then it came out that she was at Mar-a-Lago. Like I love even that part of Ramona where she thinks she's know, outsmarting people. In the ocean. I don't yeah like I mean and I love the potential that she has like a diarrhea
3: problem. Like I love all of it, you know? Yeah, I think Ramona is like uh, Bethany obviously when she is around, she sucks a lot of air out of the room. She is you know a larger than housewives personality. but Ramona, to me, is kind of the the central figure where I mean we've never seen New York without her, and I still can't really imagine it i you know, last season I thought was it was up and down. I don't think it was their worst season. I don't think it was their best season. I do feel like. I love Luann and Sonia. I, I really enjoy them. I think they bring a lot to the show, but I do, you know, they're not in their in their height in terms of storyline and having stuff really going on. So I'm a little curious to see, you know, kind of what they are up to this season, especially with Luann's cabaret uh stardom on hold due to the pandemic. It's like <laughs> you it, know are, deep are they- down she thinks she's like she's like they are robbing me of precious time
1: where I could be a huge. I could be Madonna at this point if the 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 coronavirus
3: didn't happen, right? She's like, she's like, it's been a whole year. Like, I could be playing Madison Square Garden by now. Like, but I love because you know she probably thinks that way and believes it, and that's what makes
1: a great housewife. Have you
3: seen Luann's show? Twice. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I saw it at a, I saw it in LA at a little cabaret theater, um, which which was like a who's who of like, you know, I was like Danny and Ronnie and all that, you know, and and, and, um, it was just an amazing night. And then I saw it when it was at the Wiltern, which you guys, all of a sudden she went from a small cabaret to a like where I've seen like Wilco, I've seen real bands like, play that's there. A, that's a theater. like It's a theater. I, I mean, like thousands and thousands. I was like, "There's no way." Like, why is she playing here? Sold it out, and I. But I've never seen a show where the person is singing and we're all just talking over her. Like it was uh-huh. like just a meetup of Bravo fans. Like we just we were all so excited to talk, but we talked right. Everybody was having full conversations over Luann.
3: Yeah, I saw. I saw her show closing night of BravoCon. That's like a great. That's and, a I, that's a Grateful Dead show. I want to pass her around tapes. Like that's that's a big one. It was, it was great. It, the The thing for me was it was at the end of a very long three days. She was like an hour late to the stage, and everybody was just we were just tired. Um, but you know it it is what it is. You don't go to that show because you want to see a a stellar concert. But yeah, I I do think it's. Honestly, it's admirable how much she's built up, built that up for herself. It, because when it first started, it w- it seemed like a joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what, if you. That's what I always say. Obliviousness is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself because it'll make you ignore all of the haters. Like you know, coming from an acting background, like I think, or even as an acting teacher, I always find the best actors are the people that are oblivious, that don't know they're bad, because it lets them keep going. It lets them keep going, and eventually. You can get good. Eventually, you can get better or learn from it. And Luann is like that. But how did they? I was watching earlier seasons recently, and Sonia really did have Caberlesque. I mean, that yeah. was her thing. And it must. I don't think it, she's acknowledges. I mean, it got a killer that she could have done that with better
3: guidance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She. I guess like the thing with Luann is that she has these songs that have become iconic that everyone, you know, that are Housewives canon. Um, I I feel like the thing with Luann is that she's just in on the joke enough to know that she, you know, that she needs to read from the diary entry about Carol Radseville and, you know, that she needs to talk about Giovanni. Like she's just in on it enough that she, you know, adds in those little things, but not in on it too much to be like, yeah, I'm a cabaret star. Well, yeah, it's, um,
1: it's like when she hears jokes about Barbara St- like if if there's a joke about Barbara Streisand, she's like, Oh, there's jokes about me as well. You know, like, oh, right. I, you know.
3: <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this season. I am curious to see kind of how Ebony fits into the mix. Um, and, you know, I just, I think the cast is in an interesting place with, I mean, Dorinda leaving, I think it's it makes sense, but also it is just a huge loss in terms of, you know, she's been such a strong personality on the show for the last five or six seasons. So it'll be interesting. Like that cast was kind of, you know, weirdly, because they have so many big names in Housewives, the cast was kind of in shambles at the end of last season after losing Tiffany and Dorinda. So I'm curious Tiffany, what Tinsley.
1: I'm curious what a second season Leah looks like.
3: Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting, especially because I think she almost had a little too much praise heaped on her right at the beginning. And I think she had a really strong first season, but people were kind of like, Leah's the best new housewife ever. And well, and we were trapped in our rooms. Anything that like, like guess, did I more guess. than like an eighty It just BPM. felt so exciting. And I mean, I enjoyed Leah a lot her first season. I do think she had a very strong first season, but I think... You know, I think she'll have to settle in a little bit and, you know, we're going to kind of see her have more developed relationships with these women. I mean, say what you want about Housewives casting. She didn't know anyone before she was on the show. So, you know, she was really just thrown in there. Her, She I mean, did great her, for being thrown in. It really went her way in a lot of episodes. Absolutely. And I think... Generally, I appreciate when Housewives have kind of deeper ties to the cast, but, you know, I do think it worked. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see kind of like, where does she go with Ramona? Who who else does she kind of have conflict with? Where does Ebony fall in this mix? I think we're also going to see Bershon on the show to some extent. I don't know how much she's going to be in the group. Uh, do sadly, we think we'll can- have a discussion between Ebony and Ramona about race? I really, I mean... I have no idea what to expect in terms of that because it's it's the kind of thing where on one level I almost feel like that shouldn't be Ebony's responsibility when she's getting cast you know like it's like a, a Rachel Lindsay Bachelor situation where it's like it's not her job just because she's the the black woman on the show it's not her job to teach a lesson about race but at the same time I think a lot of the Real Housewives of New York audience could probably stand to hear it. So, <laughs> But that's what um, we got with
1: Tiffany Moon on Dallas. We got Leva yeah. on Southern Charm. It and seems think, to be the way Bravo casting
3: went this past I know, year. I know. And it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because those conversations are important and really valuable. But at the same time, like with Southern Charm, I felt bad that Leva basically had to spend half of her first season playing sensitivity coach that it yeah, was like, and she, you could tell she didn't even want to do it. She's like, okay, right. here's, was, here's why you know, this is wrong. Here's. And then all of a sudden it's like, she's on social media and all her comments are calling her a bully. And why was she so mean to Catherine? And she's like, and they're like, why are you trying to cancel her? And she's like, I never said that. Like, I don't want to cancel her. Like, please come on. So, you know, I don't, I don't think New York is quite as loaded in terms of this, I mean, that Catherine situation was just a whole ball of mess, but I do think it'll be interesting to see if they kind of address it also because they didn't film, they weren't filming during, you know, the protest last summer. So we, we, there's not kind of that natural, you know, way to show it. So I, yeah. I'm curious to see how they'll deal with that. Um, and also with Beverly Hills. I mean, I, I, I thought it was cool that they filmed their finale at crystal's lunar new year party. I'm really excited to see her on the show. Um, yeah, well, no, no,
1: uh, Southern Charm was actually interesting. And the secrets revealed, uh, episode this past week, I was very, uh, you know, you talk about natural relationships, you do see pictures with Leva and the cast. Like they really have been friends for like over a decade. Oh yeah. And you, you know, this isn't like they just, cause sometimes we're all like, okay, did they send out an email and they were like, Hey, does anybody have any minority friends? And like, well, I know
3: this one girl,
1: like they really were friends
3: with Leva, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Leva's casting was before, you know, any of the Catherine controversy, whatever. So it's, it's not like she was brought on the show for that reason. And I think that almost, it, it just it's it's unfortunate. It's great that she was there for that situation because I think she brought a lot of important stuff to the table. It's just kind of unfortunate that she was a little bit forced into that role, and you know that people watching the show don't really have the the understanding of you know all the different angles to that. That it's like no, she's not she's not bullying Catherine because she's trying to have a real conversation about it. Like yeah. Uh, Some of the Bravo viewers, man. (laughs) It's been, no, that's what it like, well, it adds a whole nother level to the, it's like those
1: DVD extras you used to have where it's like the, the fandom online is like a huge, it can be a plus sometimes then it's can be a huge drag and bummer. uh, And it's a a thing that we didn't have to deal with like 10 years ago in terms of the Bravo universe.
3: It was funny. Also because then there's the whole group of people who aren't even on Instagram and like when I w- um being at BravoCon was actually really interesting because you know those tickets were expensive thankfully I did not have to pay for one myself or else I probably wouldn't have been there but it was a lot of you know wealthy middle-aged white women who had traveled from around the country to be there and bravo is like there's like the amount of times I heard like well I told my husband that this is like my super bowl so that's why we were spending money on the tickets <laughs> And these women, it's like, talk about, people are always like, I don't get why people like Craig so much. And it's like, these women are out here like salivating. I mean, Craig was in bodily harm for most of that weekend. Did you get tickets to the Southern Charm brunch? Like, oh my God. (laughs) That's why Craig walks around with a
1: smile on his face all the time. He knows his audience. He knows what he's got, you know?
3: Absolutely. And it's like, people are like, oh, like, I feel like, a lot of people, you know, that are younger and more liberal are kind of like, what, like, why do people, why are people so obsessed with these Southern charm guys? And it's like, because all of these middle-aged conservative women are watching the show being like, oh, well, like, that's a dream, man. Like, he's so cute and so a gentleman. And it's like, yep, there we go. That's why they're still on the show. <laughs> Uh, but but it is funny you know, we even
1: got Andy saying on the the reunion is that Craig in seven seasons is the one that's actually made the most success
3: of, out of himself when one of his plot lines was what a big loser he was you know that's true i mean i don't i don't strongly dislike Craig, but it, it is one of those things where it's like he he gets a lot of attention. <laughs> When yeah. he's in, the, in, a, in a place like BravoCon.
1: Yeah, I mean, you put a bag over that guy's head, you're not going to get him as treated well as he is with, without the bag, you know? True, you know, um,
3: and well, Shep has a book coming out, so that's exciting.
1: <laughs> it is funny, like, quarantine should have just been called, like, Bravo People Write Books, uh, oh, because we got, got Lala's book coming out, which I just can't imagine the story of Lala. Like, I mean, like, that's, I feel like we've seen a lot of the stories.
3: I have Cameron's book that came out a couple of weeks ago and it's... I
1: hear... Well, yeah, you actually talked about that a little bit because you said you did a book review a little bit and you said it's not heavy on... It's very geared towards mother and motherhood and it's not really heavy Bravo.
3: It's very wife and mother. The first chapter is about the real world and the last chapter is about Southern Charm or maybe second I don't know. I didn't... I, I skipped over all the mommy stuff. Like I... I know my audience. I was like, I... I will tell you what's in the book. I don't need to read 12 oh, chapters yeah. about Palmer. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it is weird because sometimes I feel like there are, for Bravo celebrities when they kind of try to spin off their personal brand, it's like, I get that you don't want it to only be, I was on this show and come hear me talk about it. But sometimes I feel like they're a little, they, they overestimate a little bit how invested people are in their, other stuff that they have going on.
1: Yeah, they're you're like, come on, guys! I talked about that in chapter five. Keep
3: up. What's going on? You know, like I I I was in a, a clubhouse room in in Dave Quinn's clubhouse that Margaret Joseph was. Joseph oh, was I I stopped with. in there for a second she, on the other Margaret's day, So she, flipping funny. Margaret's the best. She was. Ta- she has a book coming out too, and she said only two chapters are about housewives, which you know I wish there was more. But at the same time, I feel like Margaret is the kind of person who. Could write a really entertaining book about anything so you know, yeah no no this, I totally I totally there's levels. um uh clubhouse is fun. I,
1: I I started like I went into two clubhouse rooms and I'm like what I I'm trying to figure it out and if it's something that I like mm-hmm. but the clubhouse pressure is on right now like everybody's like telling you to go to clubhouse it feels like
3: clubhouse clubhouse is weird to me I I so Dave, Dave Quinn, who did all the Bravo stuff for people for years, like, yeah, great. He does a thing every Friday. I know Kate Casey is on. Yeah, Kate uh, was with uh, Heather Gay. Yeah. But to me, like, those that's why I want to be on Clubhouse. But then when you scroll through the like explore page or whatever, it's like growth hacking, strategy tips, how to get a million followers overnight. (laughs) Like, you, you need to be in this room to hear about how to maximize your success. Like, it is so much networking jargon and then you look at like who's talking and it's like 40 people whose bios are all like brand strategists like 140k followers like i got this many impressions and it's like i don't want to listen to that like if i if i'm that curious i can like look up some youtube videos or something but i'm i'm excited for clubhouse to get a little more fun because right now it's it's too heavy on the networking yeah and it just feels
1: like kind of like a big like like kind of uh, radio call-in show Where you hear people Fumbling around on their phones Like they're You know it's like Just very yeah. rudimentary But like I do wonder like Especially with Influencer Lifestyle And Bravo celebrities And stuff Is that like There's only And even me with a podcast Like there's only So many people that we have the ability to like, or give a shit about, you know, like at some point I'm like, I can't take any more people on. Like, I mean, I got to get rid of some people. Like, am I supposed, when are we like, I get, I get uh, like bachelor nation. I'm like, Oh great. Now we have to support these fools for the rest of their lives. Like now
3: we have to like care about what they do for the rest of their lives. No way. I will say that has been one nice thing about running a Bravo account is that I can follow all these crazy people on that account and I feel no pressure to follow them on my personal account. And so I follow like four housewives on my on my main account. And for, for the most part, it's people that I have interacted with or like, you know, I actually feel like I care about them on some other level than just like you're on this TV show. And it is so nice because it's like, I don't, I don't need to know on a day-to-day basis, what, you know, Danica is up to. Like it's- it's just- No, in fact, in fact, there was a moment where I
1: was like really interested in Danica, like, but it was when the show was on. And now I'm like, right. I realized she posted the other day and I was like- oh, weird. I follow Danica. Why do I follow Danica? Like, I was kind of like, well, it seems mm-hmm. like she's doing good. She has a boyfriend that seems like, you know, they right. do some fun traveling during a pandemic. I mean, I don't know, like, what am what am I supposed to really care about?
3: It's like, oh, you're still good looking, good, good for you, you know, like great hair. I definitely, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I need to follow every like Below deck, second stew from five seasons ago. Like, there's a line. I only want Courtney. I
1: only want Courtney Skip on. That's it.
3: Um, yeah. (laughs) Courtney's Courtney is great. She's really funny. Like, I'm not good. I don't follow Lisa Rinna's daughters. Like, I just. No, in
1: fact, I, I I pride myself on never remembering Lisa's daughter's names, and I never want to learn. Like I know it's like Amelia, Bedelia, and something with gray in it. Like, and that's all I need. Oh my god! Um, last okay, last I know I'm getting you out of here. Real Housewives of New Jersey. We both saw the premiere episode, and I'm not I'm not saying this just to be like, haha, we saw the premiere episode. But I kind of am happy I never get those screeners, uh-huh. so I was really happy somebody snuck it to me. Um, uh, what did you think of it?
3: I I thought it was a really exciting episode. Um I am I was surprised to learn that apparently there's no pandemic in New Jersey. Um Okay, that's one of the things is you guys there's a p- a
1: party that you see pretty like within like the first 10 minutes and I was like, "Oh, oh cool. They did get a bunch of this pre, pre pre-pandemic and then they start talking about the pandemic. None of the oh, waiters are
3: wearing masks, none yeah. of the I was like, "Holy shit, this is like a full-on party." I mean, they didn't they didn't start filming until July or August like it was not it was not you know they were filming around the same time that Dallas and Atlanta were and yeah immediately it's like you know there are references here and there to like oh like during during COVID or like during quarantine whatever but the vibe of it feels a little too normal (laughs) and I was like okay like I mean I'm gonna watch it and enjoy it but
1: well, it is okay. funny the the levels of pandemic people have gone through, you know. And then, you know, we do see a scene where I think Melissa's complaining about you know not being able to go somewhere on a cast trip and stuff. And I'm like, I, I, "Are you sure?" Like,
3: it's. I mean, I think they probably would have let. You. I mean, this seems Jeez. pretty loose, you know. Okay, there's there's a scene in the premiere where. It's at Melissa's house. And Gia just like has friends over or not Gia. Uh, 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 Antonia. She has, She's, yes, she has a, full, yeah. and I was like, well, see, that's
1: what I was watching it. And I was kind of like, and then I was like, wait a sec. She doesn't know where those kids came from. Like they could right. be bringing think, in the virus too. Like.
3: I am at a point with these shows filmed during during the pandemic where I'm like okay I gotta suspend my disbelief yes, for yes. a certain amount that it's like okay people are getting tested you know they're what they're being careful okay they can the housewives can hug and you know they're gonna be at each other's houses that is what it is they've done their precautions but it's like okay so then you have like Jennifer's whole family coming over for dinner like maybe they're it's like they're still like family okay maybe but it's like i'm sorry antonia having three random you know 12 year old girls at the house like none of these people are in a bubble together oh not. i mean it does not it seems like
1: nothing has changed but you guys you can see the first scene of the show online right now i believe i saw it all over twitter but it is like it is explosive in the amount of just like even cursing that is involved in it, and there's a word that is yeah. said that is just so. Where I was like, "Wait, are?" Because I saw an unbleeped version, but I have to imagine they're going to bleep
3: it because it is so. I was like, "Wow, are we at that point where we're allowed to say this on TV?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that unbleeped version um, surfaced, but the I when I went to bravo.tv.com and watched <laughs> it, it was it was heavily bleeped um, and with good reason. <laughs> I mean, it really um, is explosive, but it, it's a fascinating.
1: I mean, you know, it's between Teresa and uh, um, uh, yeah. Jackie and it's a really great housewives uh, fight. And I love Melissa. I mean, I love uh, Teresa is just one of those housewives that she does like she's a great fighter because she doesn't know how to fight. And she just reacts with like such. I,
3: I mean, Teresa? it's like Teresa not connecting her own. She is her own worst enemy. She is. I, I love Teresa as a housewife's character, but she is so confidently wrong so much of the time. Yes, and it's the
1: obliviousness of not ever taking in what the other person is saying and then crossed wires.
3: right. And she's like, if there is one if the, if there's like one grain of sand in her head that convinces her she's right, then she's gonna go with that a hundred percent and nobody can tell her that she's wrong because she knows in this like one tiny little moment, she thinks she's right. And, you know, kind of like what we were saying with Lisa Barlow, like that's, it's a, it's a good quality to have on housewives because it's fun to watch. Right. Like if you're a, if, if you're a reasonable person there, there's only so much of this dumb conflict you can get into because you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I brought it up. Like, (laughs) But I love that. I mean, Jackie has anger as well,
1: but Jackie can actually form full sentences and things like that and kind of give examples of like,
3: well, this is kind of like that. And Teresa just doesn't hear it. Teresa just doesn't hear it. Yeah. Jackie goes into that conversation with a lot more um, strategic mindset. And I would say Teresa is like kind of like yeah i guess we could talk i don't know why we're even here like (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you got it really is actually really
1: good first episode because there's a little downtime in between but then it picks back up at the end and another thing that i love about jersey which i can't i mean all the shows have like some guys that are interesting to watch but the amount of testosterone these men try to mm-hmm. show us that they have in these shows in jersey especially is just like they seem like they're it seems like the guys are like gunning for a spin-off. like that's how intense they are
3: yeah somebody told me th- this was a while ago and i don't know if this is like fully true but that jersey was the only housewives that the shows pays. where the the men also sign contracts and get like separately paid um so I don't know if that's, like, fully correct, but it would make sense because, I mean, m- every show features the men in some capacity, but on on Jersey, they really are – they're putting in work, I would say, versus the other shows. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the party. Well, I just – I love
1: the – and I think that's a Jersey trade or that's the stereotype is that they really are going around, like, going like, ah, oh, I love to use my dick. I love it. Yeah, I love to use tar- my dick. Tarzan. You know? Yeah. And they're always talking about like, oh, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do this to you. And then they like kind of get homoerotic some, like, a lot of the times. Like, it's really fascinating. It's
3: fascinating because I don't, I am never around that energy. Not my, at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, in I, yeah. day-to-day life, like that kind of like macho, like straight man who like, oh, like, I just can't wait to bang my wife. Like it is so foreign to me, but it's like I get high off of it almost. It's, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a
1: it's a great uh, added bonus to Jersey, especially because you know, that's going to provide dividends down the line and you just don't mm-hmm. know how um,
3: would you, say? I also, I feel like this season, I just think Jersey is better when Teresa and Melissa aren't pretending to like each other. I, th- I, they don't need to be at each other's necks all the time, but I like when they can admit that they're, you know, They're, they're just not each other's people and that's fine.
1: Well, that Teresa is a fan favorite. She is like on the Mount Rushmore of housewives, but in real life, there's a lot of things that you wouldn't like about Teresa. There's a lot of things that I would imagine is not like, I feel like Melissa's like, this is not fair that she's so beloved because she does so many stupid shitty
3: things, you know? Absolutely. But I think, I think it's, it's kind of a, a balance because Teresa has the housewives fame And, you know, she'll always be the more iconic housewife. But Melissa is the one who is, like, more aspirational. She's, like... She's the one... She looks great for 40. She's got the hot husband. She, you know, her Instagram is, like, less of a mess. Sorry, Teresa. Like, she, <laughs> she's the one where if you're, like, scrolling through the Instagram feed, you're like, oh, like, I would love to have a life like Melissa. Like, I don't really know anybody who's saying that about Teresa. No. In fact, like, I mean, like,
1: even, like, Teresa's, like, in this season, we see her, uh, you know, selling vibrators, which... it which, And by the way, one of the weirdest things, her and Joe were selling them as a couple that... Were- we're in a couple like joe's like if you like pleasure Lincoln bio you know
3: joe judice oh did you see God. did you see
1: his valentine's day to his lady in italy today
3: uh, <laughs> i don't think i saw that uh, but i did see he does the um the truly desperate cash grab the same that brandy and vicky have done where they post uh clickbait link in bio stories yes. for some like random tabloid yes and the one that he posted was like like, look! Look what Melissa did now, or something. And it was like, yes. Joe. Like, <laughs> because, or even the Teresa goes, "We're back together." Lincoln Bio, you're not back together. That's insane. You know, it's like I don't know. Like, does he just give his account login to this person, and or like, do they send him the copy, and he does? He isn't allowed to give any notes. Like, it is wild because it's like for anybody that was like living in the real world it would be like you can't post that about Melissa Joe like she's your she's still your sister in law like
1: it's I think all bets are off now once you in a, enter a reality show environment it is the one thing whereas like I with the Trump thing like I saw him give out pardons to like little Wayne and like a bunch yeah. of rappers and I know like it's like I thought it was ridiculous and all that stuff but there was a part of me that was like there's a good chance Joe might get pardoned and be able to come back to the US. I was kind of weirdly disappointed. I'm like if you're going to pardon little Wayne, I'd be okay
3: with you pardoning Joe, I guess. I will say yeah, like when I was scrolling down that pardon list it, like, this isn't how it should be, but in my mind, I was like, I wish there were, like, more fun people on here. Like, yeah. <laughs> think- like it's like when you're looking, through, you're looking through, like, a festival lineup and, like, yeah. looking for people you like. It's like, oh, like, Lil Wayne is cool. Like, I thought, like. I oh, thought, I was, like, I, pe- I was like Tiger I thought, like, King. I was like I'm, Tiger like, King.
1: Yeah. I thought Tiger, like, they had a limo. Even Tiger King thought he was going to get pardoned, where they had a limo outside of the jail waiting to pick him up. That's Damn, wild. He would
3: have some like some like better celebrities on the pardon list, which is not <laughs> that's, how that's that's supposed genius. To work. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, that is amazing! Well, Dylan, I could talk to you literally for hours, and thank you so for giving us so much time. You are a genius. You guys, his podcast is three days a week. Mention it all. They're in really nice, like forty-five minute chunks, so it's not like insane like mine is, and it is just <laughs> some of the best uh, housewives and Bravo discourse that you're going to find, as well as his account. Not only um, uh, Bravo by Betches, but Dylan Hafer is his personal account, and I'll put that all that information on the timeline even though I know you guys already know who he is. Uh, but like Dylan, how else do we support you?
3: Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just like throw my, throw my shit a follow and a like and a subscribe. Um, but yeah, this was- really Yeah, fine. I really could. Thanks. This is, I like it the
1: best when it just feels like two, uh, when you're like, I'm like, oh good, I have a new friend, you know, so uh, thank
3: you so much for doing this today. Much to talk about always. Uh, thanks for having me, Ryan.
1: Well, I hope you come back on again. Uh, open invite. Totally.
3: Okay.
2: Get everybody report for the right right terror right now, right now. The world is so very different now. now. You know why? You know why? It's Gucci time free. Gucci, Gucci drop boys, got be break loose. Time peace, time piece, piece got a switch break. Swiss cheese, I'll hate it, it'd be foolish. Swiss beat Gucci, my county truck. I think I need an isp, these rubbles disrespect me. They try to run my test me, they gon' have to arrest me. But Track that I'm making but all the horses they love it Just to see one of us making came from the bottom the bottom, to the top of the pops Nigga London Woo! Japan Woo! and I'm straight off the block like a running back get it man I'm straight off the block I could run it back nigga cause I'm straight with the rock you feelin' like a pig, nigga.
4: Batches.